Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. So much has changed in the world since the last time I caught up with Louis Black in September of 2016. But last things first, obviously. Black managed to film his last live show before the COVID-19 pandemic shut down live stand-up comedy, recording his March 13th, 2020 performance at Four Winds Casino in Michigan, and releasing it in October of 2020. It's called, appropriately enough, Thanks for Risking Your Life. Black spoke with me over Zoom about the special, about his longtime support for the National Comedy Center in Jamestown, New York, and about America's seeming lack of community in 2020, which prompted me to ask Black if his former boss, John Stewart, had won the battle against CNN's crossfire, but ultimately lost the war against cable news. So let's get to it! I know we don't have a lot of time, and it's so easy to get sidetracked just with everything that's happening. Yes. So uh, before, before we cut out, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about the special. Thanks for risking your life. Yeah. Yes. How did I? I know you say in the beginning of it that you that you planned to film it. Well, we were filming it. We weren't really planning to film it. We weren't planning to film it as a special. That's for fucking sure. Mm-hmm. We were planning to. We shoot everything. Every show that I do, we since like two thousand six or seven or eight, we've been shooting. So it it. It's all so every show is is on is is video. Part of that is because, and then uh, we then do that rant is due at the end of the show, which is a live stream that goes throughout the world. And I have to repeat that every time because apparently uh, the only way I can get that information out is to wear a sandwich board and walk around. But you can't do that during a pandemic. <laughs> yes, I've been doing this. For, for five years, and um, I don't know how to explain what we're doing, but this is really kind of remarkable that we're doing it. So, uh, so I read, you know, I read from the audience and from the folks who live in the city, and, the, or, and or something that's appropriate for the time. So we had that. What we didn't, you know, what was lucky was that uh, we had two other uh, cameras because you had big screens because we were in a casino. So, so all of a sudden, we had four cameras as opposed to. The two that we have are stationary. So the only reason we were able to get it was because of these two other cameras. <laughs> yeah, it was more luck than, than having to try to scrap something together at the very last second. No, no, no. This was, no, because I wouldn't have thought, A, uh, since if you'll remember, uh, uh, the information we were getting, in, in which we've discovered since, minimal at best, as to what was coming down the road other than go hide. And, uh, you know, here's your, you're either in the, here's the, here's the level of your risk. And but there was no, so I wouldn't have known that we weren't going to be, you know, we had not even started to think about canceling a tour or any of that. Um, because we thought we lived in the United States and that uh, because we lived in the United States and I lived through all sorts of things here that I thought that we were going to be able to do things uh, that would might make it possible for us to get on back track 
faster because <laughs> we're usually uh, clear thinking and scientifically oriented. And I thought maybe this would be one of the things that might steer us toward that. <laughs> but so, so be that as may, we didn't really think that this was going to, um, this was going to be the special. This was the special that I would have done in uh, the National Comedy Center at the Reglin A Center, probably in uh, August or September, as a fundraiser, hopefully for them, and to uh, to be in a nice theater that I'm really comfortable in, um, and, a, and a good you know a good setup for it. And we were you know kind of, and if we'd had that kind of leeway and lead time, we would have been able to get it. And uh, I've got a really good tech group and they would have been able to get it ready to get it out before the election. And also this the, was totally an action. Yeah. And also the material in August probably would have been shaped a little bit differently than, than it was in March. Probably. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. But not by much. Um, it, 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 it was, uh, a lot of it was already, I mean, what made it interesting was, is that uh, I had been working kind of putting this in a lockdown situation, meaning that I was getting it to the point where this is what my special will be. So what people are seeing in this special is really uh, the the writing is about 99% of what I would have, what they would have seen in the special with some jiggering here and there. And the thing is, is all it would have been was longer, you know? So um, <laughs> that's where I would have added, I would have added some things in light of what was going on. But the, the basics of what people are seeing, what the people are seeing is a really a dress rehearsal <laughs> of, of what the, the special would have been. And, um, and, so, and so we didn't get to get it on. We, we, you know, the, here's the spectacular thing about all of this to me. Is, as you see, in order to get it on the, the platforms, it's got to have all the tech you could possibly imagine. But, uh, you know, it's got to be as high tech as humanly possible. It's got to have 6,000 bird songs per second and 12,000 mega hits per fuck fuck and poo poo and na na and hoot out with all that shit that they asked for. All of that stuff that's, that I have no clue so because it took us 25 minutes to get this set up mm-hmm. uh, just to Zoom. So imagine, so we, we were ready to really, uh, you know, that. <clears throat> So, but they weren't going to, Netflix was, there was no, you know, we tried to see if anybody was interested in it, but no, it doesn't have that stuff. And so what really, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it is, is that it, uh, it was uh, for, for it is, there's a quality of intimacy achieved in this that will work for some people and won't work for other people. I think one, we kind of achieve it there because the audience is in the black. Uh, you, you, they're not mic'd. So you're really uh, kind of hearing it from what I hear. Uh, I mean, it's probably what I hear is, is better, actually. But uh, and I think it it, it serves it, in one way. It serves a purpose in in that way, right? And that is. that sentence. And to show you just how nuts I've become, that sentence was backwards. If you check the tape, <laughs> well, it's very- that's a completely back. It's it's you know it's very of the moment because just to be clear you didn't you didn't realize that night March thirteenth in in New Buffalo Michigan that that was going to be your last show for a long while. No, I had no idea. I yeah. did. I just knew that I wasn't going to go to O'Hare Airport because that was the first 
place that there had been a um, a human to human contact. Uh, luckily, it was on a tour bus, and myself and one of the guys who does our, does the tech stayed on the tour bus and, and went home to New York. So, yeah. Lewis, um, the special uh, "Thanks for Risking Your Life." You filmed it in March. Was there any sort of calculus, uh, personal or or professional, in terms of releasing it in October, or was just or was that just a matter of logistics and it was getting a matter of tech, and that was really the the, the it was the tech of it. Okay. Uh, first, looking at what we had. First, recovering from the fact that oh my god, uh, we're we, this is this we we won't be going back on tour forever. In the initial reaction, then which still seems to be partly the reaction, others uh, seem to be. You know, going, okay, fuck it. They're going to go do it. Um, I'm not in that crowd. I, 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 I can't see it yet. I don't trust people. You know, they, they, until somebody tells people what to do, <laughs> going out there amongst them um, in, uh, in confined spaces. Uh, but um, so it was the tech of it. It was, well, figuring it out, looking at what we had, then um, doing a kind of a, here's what we got. So I looked at all of that and then uh, we got an editor and then we started to edit it together and to see if it really worked. And then could we really, um, you know, you have to do certain tech things to juice it up a little visually, just in, in terms of really making the picture better that you can do that you can do now on your phone. Um, and, uh, to all of that. So uh, I was hoping we'd get it out um, by the end of October, or the end of uh, like early September is when I thought, but it still took because we weren't going, uh, you know, and then it was also sending it out, you know, then getting a, 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 a kind of a, a good copy that could go to places like the usual suspects to mm-hmm. see, would you do, will, will you be a platform that will do this and send this out? Net, does, does Netflix want to buy this? Well, no, mm-hmm. because we didn't have all the bells and whistles. We're not high tech enough. We didn't do, we're not, we don't look like a special should look. Right. Um, and so they weren't, you know, we didn't, we didn't reach, we didn't do their specs. So, um, uh, these are words that I just make up, by the way. I don't know if I'm telling you the truth, but that it is partly that that's what, what occurred. So like in Amazon in part two, we, they're not going to put it on, you know, so whatever, whatever the hell. Aspect, come on, you can aspect ratios and all that. Yeah. Yes. So, I mean, so, and there are a hundred and some odd platforms that you got to get it to. So that, that took time. Mm-hmm. and all of the things that the, each of them needs. So it became, this became the time to get it out. It just, uh, the the way it was. And we're talking now uh, on Yom Kippur. And yeah. uh, <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about how the uh, the, the Jewish high holidays are, are hitting you this year compared to... I, just, I didn't even, was it this past weekend or are they coming up? <laughs> Today is Yom Kippur, so as we're speaking. Today is? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's Yom Kippur every day this 
during this last, since March, since the shutdown has been Yom Kippur. So right. uh, I, uh, I'm usually at home and I usually uh, have to have a newspaper that tells me it's Yom Kippur. I thought it was yesterday or Saturday. Actually, I thought it was Saturday. Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a goy, a Gentile, so I don't really know all of the rules. Let me check. <laughs> if you've misled me. Because the Jewish holidays are, are, are based on sunset to sunset, not, not midnight to midnight, right? So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, so, I'm, but I'm not a, <laughs> I was done with it a long time ago. Well, once once you recorded a bit about it for a Grammy-winning album, and then, then you're, you're, then you're good. right. It ends tonight. Yeah. So I guess this is my punishment: is talking to you. <laughs> well, yeah. I figured you know. No, I am. Um, okay. I have always. I you know. I mean, I literally. Uh, it's hard because it was one of the things that drove me out of the religion. Because when I was a child, it's really. Uh, I found it traumatic. So, so I made a joke about it. Mm-hmm. It became a joke in my act, but right. it was really, uh, you know, I ended up doing things as a child in response to to, uh, to it, in response to the fact that God was writing his name and my name in the book of life for the book of death. And now, because you told me this, I could have gotten through the whole day. <laughs> you know, now I'll think about this. So now, now I have to atone. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, so, but it would really, um, it created a kind of um, obsessive compulsive thing about uh, prayer mm-hmm. that I would do be, if I had a thought. And it became uh, something I did for months until uh, it was affecting my grades. And my parents, as I remember it, my parents uh, took me to a to uh, see someone, and uh, I went. Oh, I've been. Co- I better. I'm clear. I'm gonna have to clear this up. I'm just gonna have to. Let's move on. We're not doing this anymore. And but the fact that that's what it did, mm-hmm. uh, I think, had a, a big effect on. But when I finally said enough is enough, I'm. I understand why people. You know, I get. I understand it. I. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, like I do most religions, I get, but I'm not one of those, you know, uh, my mother kind of left it. My brother passed away and they have a thing on, uh, 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 where they have a, a, a time set aside that, uh, on Yom Kippur, which is the, uh, uh, a service, which is like a kind of a prayer for the dead, okay. which my mother used, uh, be, be big on, but it's it, that also. She was when my brother passed away. She that was she used to do that for my grandfather and my uncle, and then that happened. And that was the one thing she kind of kept. Okay, they were not my, my parents were not. You know, they my they my father studied the religion while I was doing while we were my brother and I were doing that stuff in Sunday Saturday Saturday school Sunday school whatever school, and uh, and then uh, my mother just, my brother said when my brother went that was it no more I'm not dealing with this. And your mother just that, turned, huh? I was going to say, and your mother just turned 102. Yeah, so she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> you don't want to. She don't want to practice Yom Kippur. I'm sure she's eating right now. As a matter of fact, this is 
close to her lunchtime. Has, has she provided any sort of uh, wisdom or insight since she was born in the middle of the last great? Well, I mean, her only insight is stay home. Uh, don't go out. There's a lot of disease out there. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Um, you know, it's been hard because I don't, you know, when I get to see her, you don't really want to sit there and have a discussion about this. So we, the last time I saw her, we didn't really discuss this. We were so, cause I, I've only seen her twice since, uh, February. Okay. So, uh, um, yeah, no, her, uh, but we talk on the phone, she, you know, she's on her too. She's sometimes right on it. I mean, it's kind of remarkable. I said, it's like talking to a satellite. Sometimes it is some. Sometimes the satellite is in direct communication. Sometimes the satellite has, uh, you know, there's, there's, you know, like what we have through Zoom. There's something screwing it up. So mm-hmm. uh, she's done remarkably under the circumstances. Uh, the way she, her, she looks terrific, and her health is pretty remarkable. And she's lived she to see better the- than most people I know. <laughs> she is the one person I know through this that looks better. And she has lived to see the end of the world or the end of America. Yeah, she certainly has. <laughs> Is that a blessing it, or a curse? She doesn't really, uh, it's kind of good. I mean, I don't know what she would feel like if she, uh, I don't know what I've, I've, I, I, she, I've tried to get her to talk about uh, the leader, our leader, but she has avoided that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask you about our leader. But I, I do have a question for you based on one of, the, one of the topics in your special. You talk about the idea of all of the cable news stations are all suffering from the same dilemma, which is that they have people arguing about what the news is instead of just showing us what the news is. And my question for you is someone who's, who has a long history with The Daily Show or association with them. Do you feel like, I certainly feel this way, so I'm asking the question on my behalf. Do you feel that Jon Stewart won the battle against Crossfire, but ultimately lost the war? Wow, that's an interesting question. Well, the war was lost in terms of, uh, um, I don't think, uh, I think he did win the battle. Uh, I don't think the war is over. I think that, um, you know, uh, I think it wasn't so much Crossfire. I think it was Fox <laughs> that, that kind of established a, uh, you know, Fox and MSNBC established essentially um, uh, news outlets in support of, uh, you know, uh, you know, the one in support of the, you know, one became like the, the, the support of the leader and the other became the support of the, uh, the, um, the other party. I mean, it's, what kind of news is that? It's not news. You know, it's ludicrous. So I think that, uh, I think that, uh, you know, you know, I don't. I don't think it was. It was so much that he 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 won the war against Crossfire, but who knew that Crossfire would become uh, 
uh, you know, national sport. Right. Everything is crossfire now. Yes. And that's because of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Our cell phones and social media. It's uh, it's also because we've, um, I think it's gotten worse over time because we're, uh, we're not in the public square anymore. So you're not dealing with the people that you would normally be dealing with at this time frame. So everybody's in their pod doing their pod things. And uh, so that if you went to work and there was the person, it was like when uh, it's one thing to go, boy, I don't like gay people. And then it's another thing to go to work and be working with somebody for five years and really like the person then discovering that they're gay and you go, Oh, yeah, you have to be, that's partly what for a democracy, I think to work, uh, you need to be able to, to, to be around each other. You know, you're, you know, I used to say what we need is homeroom. That's the thing we miss in our lives that everybody should have to gather in homeroom because we, you know, everybody's kind of gone off to their places even before the, the phone thing. Um, but in, in essence, you know, we really lost whatever we lost, which was the, uh, you know, the, by, by losing the offices and people going to their office, you know, that's really, you know, that's also, we lost, that's a, a, a that's a, we lost, in essence, we lost, we didn't have homeroom, and now we've lost essentially what was the school for adults. Here's, you're going to be here, at, you're going to be here at eight, you're going to leave at five. You have an right. hour for lunch. That, that, one, that one time of, of day or one time of week where we're all forced to, to commune together. Yeah. And I think the lack of that commune, communing is really uh, damaging. I think it's damaged us. So in that respect, not having live comedy is even worse because at least live comedy brings a few hundred people together in a basement or a few thousand people together in a theater. Yeah. To all all hear one person, whether it's you or or someone else, bring everybody together. It does. The lot, you know, it, the thing was, is in two, it's like you go to certain places that, uh, like Bismarck, North Dakota. But Bismarck, is it Bismarck, North Dakota? Or it is, isn't it? God, my brain. Yeah, Bismarck is north. Bismarck and Fargo are north. Rapid City, which you mentioned, is mm-hmm. South Dakota. Well, but you go to Bismarck, every time we go to Bismarck, it, it was this place where people would go, you know, you know, they'd be a great audience because they were thrilled you came to Bismarck. Um, you know, it was, uh, it, it, and it was, a, there were places you would go to like Hattiesburg. I went to, in my last tour just before the, the burnout. Um, I was in Hattiesburg, uh, Mississippi, which I was going to Hattiesburg. Well, that's gotta be, uh, for some reason I completely put it together with, uh, Mark Twain, which it's not. Mark Twain didn't do anything in Hattiesburg. <laughs> uh, Maybe Faulkner. Wrote, 
Huh? Maybe Faulkner? No, no. Uh, but I think he wrote something about Hattiesburg. Okay. Uh, you know, he wrote, God knows he wrote about everything else. Um, but I went, you know, you go there and, and folks, you know, it's like, you're coming to a town in which, you know, people are kind of, there's a, a sense of, boy, somebody's coming here who uh, finally, there's, you know, they're in a, a state that is, has, I just read the other day, has kind of an electoral college in order to prevent um, the election of, uh, of, of, you know, certain, uh, uh, well, basically to kind of repress black voting, you know, so that there's, so they, uh, you know, so you kind of go in there and you know that in Hattiesburg, you're going to be, it's people kind of going, oh my God, thank, you know, someone who kind of agrees with me, you know, so you have that. Um, and you don't really, it's not a question of agree with them, but you, your jokes line up with them because you're, you've moved down the road. <laughs> you know, you're, they're living in, they're still in, that state's still in 19, what, 62, four, maybe, lucky, huh? Yeah. So you already, so people like going, wow, look, the people who are down the road. Wow. You know, or I'd show up in a town and go, you know, there are other places to live. <laughs> Although there's uh, plenty of social distancing available in Mississippi. Right? Yes. Giant. You know, but in Hattiesburg, you could have put your parents there and they could have gotten a deal. Hmm. Yeah, I probably should have thought of that. Meanwhile, uh, Oxford, but Oxford is a great town. That's Faulkner. Yes, that's okay. that's a great town. Um, meanwhile, I'm I'm still one of the few people who hasn't fled New York City. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been quite a remarkable summer having comedians argue about whether comedy is dead, whether New York City is dead. <laughs> so I guess this is a this is a perfect time to plug the National Comedy Center because at yeah. least we'll have a museum to remember what comedy used to be. Well, we've got that. No, it's good because I felt from the beginning, uh, I felt it was really important to get that established uh, as a um, if if it, it, because it was like uh, the clock was ticking, and if, if you didn't get that built that you were going to end up with, uh, you know, a, uh, the history of comedy would be written by Google and Wikipedia and whomever else, Facebook, whoever else came to play the game. You needed a space that was going to devote itself to, um, the, uh, to trying to collate what the craft of comedy is about. And as I called it, as I believe it was the, uh, the Library of Congress of Comedy. Um, and its potential is endless. And uh, um, what they did, it, uh, the thing that really is amazing is, is that I, I'm not running to anybody uh, who's gone in there. And, and I've sent people and I've said that I've brought into when I was up there and said, you know, you really should go, really? Yeah, you should go. And here's what, I'm going to be here. And if you don't like it, I'm going to give you your money back. That's what I'm going to do. And I would tell them that. And then I would see them again um, because it's not a big town. And I'd say, how was it? And they said, we're going back tomorrow. 
it's, I mean, even for me, I went the first time and I was, and I know it, you know, that's, I know a lot of it. And I went the first time and I was like, Ooh, this is, um, this is pretty good, but I didn't get enough of time. And then I went back with two friends of mine and I literally had real time because they were really focused. And so I, and I was astonished at the, at what you could, you, you know, how much, just how, how great the interactive exhibits are. And what they have access to. So you can stand there and look at these uh, iconic um, costumes. Right. And or, or you can sit, as a friend of mine and I did, we'd, we'd actually done it before as a, a real bit, but if my friend Joe Grafazzi and I sat there and did a, uh, did a, um, did who's on first you you sit down and you um you kind of do who's on first and they've got a video thing and they show you the who's on first and they have the lines and you sit there and you're oh in the karaoke room no but yeah it's before the karaoke room oh okay there's a a space and there's like two or three of these scenes Mm -hmm. that you can and then those you know and then they send them to you (laughs) it's pretty extraordinary now I uh yeah I was able to visit there once in October of 2019 and I was there and it was I was virtually had the whole place to myself the day that I was there and it was yeah it was amazing to me but I'm wondering because you've been associated with them from the very early start of it yeah and I remember a decade ago there were there were multiple groups across the country that were trying to do something like this yeah what was it about this group in Jamestown, New York that, that stood out to you as like, okay, these, these folks are legit. A, they came back, you know, they were there up two months later, they were still around. <laughs> they got back in touch. That, there were, but there were other things. They, they, um, they'd approach, uh, they'd approach the, the governor of New York. They, uh, the governor of New York's um, major economic guy came from Buffalo Chautauqua, that area, and uh, and was looking in part for a way, you know, they're looking for economic improvements and how do you create, you know, there's a certain amount of stuff up there that one could see as a, a summer getaway and, a, and not an expensive summer getaway either, like a very reasonable... Uh, middle class, lower middle class, even. You don't need to spend a lot of money to go up there and be, have access to Niagara Falls, uh, a really nice casino, and the Comedy Center, and uh, the Lucille Ball Museum, and all of that stuff. And uh, Chautauqua, uh, uh, and the lake that's up there. Uh, it's, you know, and then if you wanted to drive an hour and a half, you could go to Cleveland and, and get to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So, I thought the location was it made sense uh, in the in in the fact that it was uh, it had, had this um, Lucille Ball festival for years. It was Lucille Ball's place. She had always kind of uh, pushed for this. She didn't want something in honor of her. Uh, the uh, so so the 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 state economic guy said if I, and I believe this is the way it came to be, it was as if the city or if they could raise the funds that the state would match or the state would give them these funds and then they'd have to do this in order to, 
They had a really great space, the train station, the former train station. Um, they had everything going for him. Plus, and this was the kick, this was the final thing, because I'd been up there early on and then disappeared. I don't know what happened, but they, you know, other people get hired to do the festival. And they, you know, but don't, I didn't work there anymore. And then I come back uh, years later and they're, you know, with due to Kelly Carlin, who got me involved. And also she was a big influence in the fact that she had been, she said, take a look. I think this is it. Um, I'm thinking of giving my father stuff. You Let me know what you think. Well, all of the people who were working on this, uh, a bunch, a number of them were folks who lived there. And then a number of the folks who came back there, who were folks born and raised around there, who were living away from there, who came back to work on this project. So it wasn't a carpetbagger project, as I like to say. Uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a project born of love of people who loved this area mm-hmm. and wanted to uh, economically uh, help it survive and, and, uh, and had an investment in it. And that's what pushed everything. And the fact that they'd gotten the Cleveland Museum, Art Museum, which had a really good uh, interactive, um, uh, the the Cleveland Art Museum is really uh, great in terms of the interactive stuff you can do there. They got a hold of those guys. So they had shown me stuff that they were doing in Cleveland. I thought, wow. So we're going to do this, this, and this. And then, you know, they showed stuff that they were going to do we're going to show you a writer's room. We're going to have this and that. Well, but it was like, the other thing was, is every, I felt like if they did 40% of what they set out to do, that it would be remarkable. And they, they hit 85 to 90 and it was for the, from the get go. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty great facility. I, uh, yeah. I only wonder what it's like right now and for the foreseeable future, because it's so interactive, how they're handling this new abnormal. Well, the one thing they've done is kind of get out these, uh, they did a kind of a interactive, they did a festival, a virtual festival. I was part of that. Um, you know, they're getting, you know, they're sending things out They're you know, they're looking like everybody else is for donations. Um, and, uh, but they're open. And I think that, uh, you know, in, in, you know, I think they did, I was, one of the things I was thinking of doing when I was searching, <laughs> around, you know, looking to see things, I, if, if things had worked out differently in terms of routing of what I was going off to Michigan, if, it, if I'd gone there first, I would have routed myself into, uh, just to gone up to see what was going on at, uh, at the center. Well, I know you had planned to, or had hoped to film this special there, but yeah. I look, I look forward to seeing the next one that you do film there. And, uh, yes. <laughs> we, we're speaking now in September of 2020. The last time we did a podcast was September of 2016. I can only hope that September of 2024, <laughs> we have, half as much patience and freedom as we do now. Yes. <laughs> 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 and, and the fact, yeah. 
that, that that leaves you speechless is probably all I need to know. It, it did. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, well, do I, man, maybe I'm, maybe I could retire. <laughs> well, right now we are, we're all semi-retired right now. Yeah, we are. So, so uh, thank you so much, Lewis, for your patience with the tech and everything else. Oh, no, thank you. I really appreciate it. I hope you got everything you wanted. Good. I did. The only, the only other thing I'd mention is that uh, if for folks, um, uh, I always push my friend Kathleen Madigan's, uh, her podcast. She's got a nice little thing going there. And I think it's... Uh, it, She's really fun to listen to because she's she just shoots her mouth <laughs> and, uh, that she does, uh, and it's good because it's stuff that she's always. I've talked about her with her for years, and uh, and it's good. She's I don't know. I've I've yelled write a book, but I think this is her book in a sense. You know, um, it's just an audio book. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, and the best one imaginable because she won't allow editing. Um, <laughs> and then. Um, then, but also the Lewis Black Randcast, which I think uh, I'm very p- pleased with. We're in our, we did 11 so far. We'll be doing more. Um, they're a collection of the tour uh, starting in 2019, and which is when really uh, the writing and uh, my ability to uh, figure out what the show I was doing after the show was, because really I was producing a show on the fly. I had no idea. I just said, okay, I'm going to do this. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm going to read whatever. And then it, it, you know, like anything, it took, it took a while, but I think uh, I hit my stride and my, the, the folks, uh, the audience hit its stride and they were writing the stuff that is written uh, in these rantcasts and, and the way and the and the editing of it is terrific i think i think that they it, it really um i think people it's a it's it, once again uh it, in the midst of madness is a really good distraction right so even though people can't go see you live right now they can still listen to your rantcast and as of october 6 yeah. 2020 pick up your new special yeah. thanks for and- risking your life and then also that they should know that um, if uh, if they go to my uh, website, uh, they'll also be announcing that uh, it, hopefully it will get it out today, uh, um, is I will start reading. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to store up rants really to do, uh, to do new rants outside of the rant cast where I would just uh, – you know, do do one or two and send them out uh, each week. So uh, that would be that would be my way of doing it. Rather, that would be my performance. That's easier to perform for me because it's well, like doing the daily. It's like doing the Daily Show, <laughs> only it's written by it's written by real people who really have a who really are pissed. <laughs> well, we all look forward to hearing hearing that from you. So thank you so much, Lewis. Really appreciate it. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. 
I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Last things first. Last things first.